The Jewish people are going through the worst anti-Semitism since the Holocaust. And everybody has stress, not just the stress of being Jewish and the anti-Semitism or the war in Gaza, but everybody has stress. The question is, how do you deal with it? What should we do? My name is Yitzwein. I'm the rabbi of Young Israel, Asia, Las Vegas, and welcome to the Life is Great community. And life is great, even though everybody you know goes through a lot of stress. Now, we're going to talk about principles, how to deal with difficult times that we're going through now. But I think these principles are true at every stage of every person's life, no matter what's happening in world events, no matter what is happening in your life. The first thing I think always to remember is every person you know is going through something. Every person you know has pressures on them and difficulties. And as we say, the only person you know that has a charmed life and with no problems is the person you do not know very well. Everybody has issues. So we want to recognize, I'm going to share with you basically three things that if you do these three things, then you're going to be able to cope with pretty much every stress you ever have. And you'll be able to come out of it in a pretty good way. All right, so number one is when you're going through a lot of stress and you know, you've got a kid who's fighting in the war, you know, you've got health issues, relationship problems, or money scarcity issues, or maybe a lot of money issues, whatever it is. But you feel the walls are coming down upon you and you feel a little overwhelmed or a lot overwhelmed and you just don't know how to face it, the first thing you do is you focus on how great life is. <laughs> That's the first thing you got to do. You got to just stop and say, wow, my life is filled with blessings. So many blessings, more blessings than I can possibly ever even ask for. You know, it's interesting. I, I love telling the story of, of how, you know, Rabbi Victor Miller, he was a great rabbi, lived in New York. He, he passed away about 25 years ago. And, you know, the story's told him one day he comes home, he lives in Brooklyn, he comes home and he fills up his kitchen sink. And then he takes off his glasses and his hat and his keeper, and he takes his head and he submerges it into the kitchen sink. And his, his grandchild is there, his grandchild is like, you know, like, Zayda, what are you doing? And then it's there like, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute, whatever. And then he gets up. <gasps> It towels off his face and his long beard and everything. She goes, what is going on with you? And he says, listen, he said, you know, I was walking around. People were complaining about how polluted the air is, how terrible it smells here in, in Brooklyn. You know what? I wanted to really appreciate the air. So I put myself in a position, a very short position that he couldn't breathe. He goes, I really appreciate the air. That's the thing. Amazing. You know, it's, it's a little weird. It makes him sound a little weird. He's a great man. But, you know, but we have to appreciate how, how, how great it is. You know, there's COVID taught a lot of people uh, to appreciate their lives in, in big ways. You know, there's, there was a man, there's a, there was a news story I remember of a fellow in Italy. He went into the hospital. They put him on a ventilator. He was on the ventilator for four days. They took him off the ventilator. He recovered kind of. Yeah. Then they handed him a bill. When they gave him the bill, when he was leaving the, uh, when the, uh, leaving the hospital, he started to cry. So they said, listen, if the bill is too much, I mean, it's a medical, you know, people, you know, you got to pay for it, but you, know, you can do payments, you can spread it out, you know, don't, don't be overwhelmed, you know, with the bill. He said, I'm not crying because of the money I owe you. I'm crying because all these years I thought that 
air was free. And I realized that things aren't free, you know, not even air is free. So, you know, people lost their taste. And all of a sudden, like, you know, they, they didn't appreciate the fact they could taste an apple or a brownie or whatever. They lost their sense of taste and lost their sense of smell. You know, some people lost other things like that. Some people are still suffering from fatigues from COVID. Okay, but we, we shouldn't have to go into a position that we, you know, you get divorced. So you realize, wow, I really enjoyed being married. You shouldn't have to go through those kinds of, you know, you shouldn't have to be sick so that you realize to, to appreciate your health. What we want to do is focus on how special our lives are. Focus that, you know, one of the brachas we say in the morning is, is that, you know, you get, that God firms the, you know, the, 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 the earth beneath where we stand. Like I can rely on things. There are things in my life I can rely on. I'm going to make a blessing on, on, on the God provides for all of our needs. So, you know, yeah, you think about it, basically pretty much all your needs, you have everything you need for your life. You know, uh, you know, sometimes you, 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 you look at, uh, as a guy, you look at women, you say, thank God I'm not a woman. <laughs> you know, ladies should say, thank God I'm created in the image of God, you know, right? Thank God I'm a Jew. Thank God I'm a free person. All of these things. Thank God I can see. You know, I got a mind. Life is so beautiful at every moment. And we have so many blessings at every moment. And it's, it's super important that when you're feeling overwhelmed to pull out for a minute and by the way, it doesn't have to be a minute. It could be 15 seconds. It could be 10 seconds. If it's an hour every day, then you're going to be a great person. But even if it's just a minute or half a minute and just realize, focus, so many blessings, so many things, you know, it's like, oh, we, you know, really wanted, I, I, I love it. You know, when, when, uh, you know, people come and they come to the shul and it's a young Israel age and it's filled on Shabbos and they always say, Oh, we got problems, you know, the, the, every room in the building is filled with people and there were so many kids today and this and that. I said, yeah, yeah, these are the problems we want. Like, these are the problems we want. We want these problems, you know, and you'll notice, by the way, a lot of the problems you have in your life are a pro call them champagne problems, right? Call them. They are the problems you wanted. They're a result of things you wanted. Like the young mother who's like overwhelmed with her children. Well, a lot of people don't have children, first of all. A lot of people pay a lot of money to, to adopt children or through or through, you know, fertilization, you know, in vitro fertilization, that kind of stuff, IVF treatments. And you daven for those children and they're the greatest thing you ever want, you, ever, you could ever ask for. So, yeah, you know, it's like, as we say, the days are long, but the years are short. You know, I know it's a lot of work when kids are young. I, I realize that, you know, my wife raised six kids, you know. I was out of the house a lot, but, uh, but okay, but, but you got it, but you enjoy the moments while you can realize that the problems we have are a product of the good things that we, that we wanted. Okay. That's number one. Um, and you realize that sometimes you're going to realize that, that it's, it's amazing that, uh, real stressful things, you really got to appreciate that that they are a product of very often the blessings or the side blessings that you have. You know, someone is, again, you know, I know someone who's, you know, very, very stressed out because their child is fighting in Gaza. Okay, so they're really stressed out. Okay, it's not a small thing. But, you know, realize the blessing of having that child, right? It's the blessing. Focus on the blessing of having the child, not the stress of it. So that's it. The first thing is when you focus on the blessings, you get into a calm mood and then also you can understand 
that you have all the blessings you have that are available to you to deal with it. See, a lot of times we don't even appreciate the friends we have or the family we have or the community we have or the talents we have in order to take care of the, the problems. But when you, after you appreciate everything you have and everything you have available to you, then you say, oh, you know what? I, I can be involved in a solution for the problem. And it's very difficult, you know, the, 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 you know, the joke goes, uh, the guy who says, you know, I worry a lot and I know that worrying really helps because most of the things I worry about, they don't come to fruition. So obviously worrying fixes everything, right? <laughs> it's a joke. Okay, the worrying is for naught. It's a lot of stress that you don't need to, 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 to put yourself through. Okay, so number two is that you have to ask yourself, how am I responding to other people? in while I'm in stress. There are some people that because they are going through stressful times, they feel the license to be mean to others. That's a very big mistake. It's a very, very big mistake. It should be the opposite. It should be that when I'm going through difficult times, I invest more on being kind and nice to others and finding ways to bring value to other people's lives. That is really that's really the key. That's, that's the essence of it. Because you think for a second, you know, God runs the world and I'm going to get a little religious in a moment, but uh, you know, it kind of goes with the first name, right? Rabbi. So um, if I want God to be nice to me, what should I do? Think about it for a second. If you want God to be nice to you, what should you do for God? Try this one. Try being nice to God's children. See, if you're nice to the Almighty's children, the Almighty will be nice to you and you'll be nice to your children. That's what it is. So, so don't, don't allow the stress to get you in a point where you become judgmental and sh short of, short of, you know, short of uh, temper with people, but just lay it on and say, you know what? Nope. What I want to do is I want to be nicer to other people because if I'm nicer to God's children, God will be nice to me. And that's what stress is, by the way. Stress is, you know, a certain amount of stress is, is uh, a certain amount of stress is, is God's kindness. And then too much stress is, might be a punishment or, or a challenge. Now, remember the story of the lobster. The story of the lobster is that the way a lobster grows is that it, it's, a, it's a very soft, um, it's, a lobster is a very soft, uh, fleshy animal, and it grows inside of a shell at the bottom of the ocean as it makes ensures that the that the deep uh, blue sea does not become the deep brown sea, right? Because that's what it eats, and um, and it grows, and then when it grows so much that it's pressing against the shell and it's very uncomfortable, it goes underneath a rock so it'll be protected from like predators. It sheds its shell. And then it grows a new shell, a little bigger, and then it comes out and it continues to eat and grow. All right. So Rabbi Tversky used to joke around. Rabbi Tversky is a, also a physician. He used to say, as a psychiatrist, he used to say that if lobsters had access to Prozac, they would never grow because as soon as they get uncomfortable, they, they take enough drugs to like not be un, so uncomfortable. <laughs> and then they would never... They would never, uh, you know, go down and uh, shed their shell. And if they don't shed their shell, they're not going to grow. So the ability to shed your shell, to be uncomfortable 
forces you to shed your shell and regrow another shell bigger and allows you to grow. So this is the other aspect about stress that we have to recognize. Not only do we have to be comfortable to people, but we have to use the stress to grow. Now understand this, this is a growth moment for you. So that's all part of, again, seeing the joy in the stress. Like right now, I want to rip somebody's head off, not because they deserve it, but because I'm in a bad mood. You know what? Baruch Hashem, I don't have to be in a bad mood. Baruch Hashem, you know what I can do? I can say, life is wonderful. Life is good. God's given me this opportunity to be a, be a, a bigger, better person. And uh, I realize it's a growth opportunity for me. Okay. So that's that. Now, the um, no matter what's going on in your life, be fo focused on being kind and giving to others because if you're even even if you think you're bribing God, <laughs> you're not bribing God, right? God doesn't take bribes. But even if that's why you're doing it, then still do it. You're still better off. Okay. Um, number three, the third way to respond to stressful times is in addition to now doing your earthly efforts to take care of the take care of it, which now you'll be in a state of mind, you'll be able to, right? Because you'll you'll be feeling better about your life. You'll know that the stress is 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 to help you grow you've all you'll evaluate all of your assets so to speak so the almighty will give you the ability to 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 deal with the earthly problem right this, solve the problem this is where i get religious this is the warning now you work on trusting god and the there's two aspects two things to keep in mind one is called the muna which is having faith in god and the other one is called betachem, which means trusting in God. So amuna is the recognition that God runs the world in every way. God does everything. And simply, and, and, and when, you, when you know that God's pulling the strings and God's running the world, then you can have an emotional calmness, which is called betachem. It's security, right? The, uh, you know, the, the uh, Ministry of Security in Israel is, in Israel is called the Misrad Abitachon, right? It's the Ministry of Security, right? That's the security. It's a, I feel, I should feel secure that God's running the world so that everything has meaning and everything has purpose. And the more we feel that, the better we are addressing the issues. Because ultimately, the purpose of every human being in this world is to understand that God's running the world and to rejoice over the splendor of the Almighty. That's what we're here for. And, but we can only, we, we can do that when we realize Hashem is, is running the world. So, so you know, I, I want to share a couple of really great stories. You know, um, you know, one story is the, uh, it happened to be that during one of the early Israeli wars, there was a fellow Rabbi Adas, and Rabbi Adas, he was a big Talmud Hacham, a big, big rabbi, and he noticed, tell, he used to tell the story how there was a, a bomb that, was fired a, a missile that came in to Jerusalem and it hit a, a gas line and that gas line exploded. And as it exploded, like people cried out, not only because they're afraid of the explosion, but they felt everyone felt and immediately said, Oh my gosh, there's a big fire. And, and, and this could take over the neighborhood and could really like just literally destroy the whole neighborhood in the fire. Like a small missile could like cause enormous damage. So people started crying out and started praying. And then very shortly after that, another bomb came in, except this time it exploded on, on the water main. And when the water main exploded, it flushed out so much water onto the source on, on the gas main 
that it actually stopped, put out the fire. And, uh, and then people were able to like, you know, buff down the other flames and uh, everything was saved. So um, Rabbi Adas said, listen, it's obviously that God did not want the, the whole neighborhood to, to be destroyed. So why send that very first bomb and then the second bomb? Just don't send the first bomb. Don't, don't, don't cause the explosion. So he explained that really the people before the first bomb came over, the first missile, they did not merit to be saved. But it was only through their prayers that they merited the divine protection. How did the prayers come about? Because they felt for a moment they were in danger. And the danger pushed them to cry out to Hashem. And that gave them the merit to be saved. So really that first bomb was there so to give the Jews merit, to give the Jews a spiritual standing and to push them into the midst of calling out to God. And, and I think we need to recognize that a lot, that's a lot of what's going on here. I mean, you know, the Israel war, we spoke about the last podcast, how the, the Israel was so divided and then there's a war and now we're all together, right? There's a lot of, my rabbi said, now is a great time to go to Israel in the middle of the war. Why? Because you'll see kindness and unity that does not exist normally. And, and, and we've got to recognize that, that, that that's pushed. Now, now again, there's a lot of stress. So if you deal with the stress in these three things, three, these three ways, everything will be fine. If you don't deal with the stress in these ways, so then you got real issues. There's a story in the Gemara. There was a man called Nakdima in times of the, the in times of the uh, base of Migdash many, many years ago, like 2000 years, over 2000 years ago, there was a terrible drought in the land of Israel. And it was right around the Yomt of time. And there were a lot of Jews that were going to come into Jerusalem. So what he did is he rented a reservoir, uh, a body of water from a, a non-Jew. And the, he rented it. And the deal was he had to refill it with water by the end of the Yantav, like by like two days after Yantav, whatever. And, um, and, if he, uh, and if he couldn't fill it up by a certain date, then he would owe just an obscene amount of money. But so Nick Demon, so he rented the water reservoir and gave the water to all the Jews who came for the holiday to Jerusalem. Then they all left. And then a few days after the holiday, it came time to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, you know, to fill up the reservoir or pay up. So the non-Jew comes up and he, he says, listen, you know, there's not a cloud in the sky earlier in the day. And he goes, so, uh, pay up. The demon says, I still have time to pay. So he went to the base of Mikdash and he davened and he davened and he davened and then all of a sudden there were clouds and the clouds filled the skies, started raining. And, uh, and it was raining and raining and raining and raining. It's so dark. And it was just raining and raining and raining. And the non-Jew comes up. He says, see, it's so dark out. It's already nightfall. And the reservoir is not filled yet. So pay up. Even though it's, it's raining, it doesn't matter. You got to pay up. And he said, no. He goes, no, no it's, it's still sun, sun. It's not dark yet. And they prayed again. And the, the clouds split open a little bit while it was raining. And you could still see the sun, but not yet set. And then the reservoir filled up and then the sun set. So they asked the, the questions asked, why is it that if God was going to save Nekdeman again, why, why wait till the last minute? Here he did a tremendous mitzvah for the Jews. Why wait till like, you know, the very, very last moment and then do a miracle at the end, literally having the, the clouds split 
you know, to, for the sun to shine through so they wouldn't have to pay. So why do that? And, and the answer is that you wanted to test Nicodemus' faith. Nicodemus is an amazing man. He's providing for the Jews. But still, he wanted to push him because every, that's a kindness from God when our faith is pushed and then we are forced to pray. So rather than view the stress as something negative, we have to reframe it and say, thank you, Hashem, embrace the stress because we know the purpose of it. We know it's there to make us better people and it's there so that we'll have a better connection with the Almighty. And if we do that, then, then certainly we, we will merit some real divine kindness. All right, so I want to welcome our, our producer over here, Dana. Dana Rutherford, who has all some wonderful questions that you've sent in uh, to ask. So I wanted to uh, address one or two quick questions. Thanks, Rabbi Wine. Hi, everyone. All right. So the first question, it says, thank you so much for your podcast, Rabbi Wine. I talk with my sister often, and I feel like there are times when she's so happy about life. But she's gone through a tough divorce and some harder times. I catch her looking at the past with a deep fondness, like it would be better if she were back there again. What should I do to encourage her to get through this and look to the future? Ah, uh, beautiful question. So you know the old expression, the good old days? Ain't such, ain't no such thing. There's no such thing as the good old days. What the Almighty does is he puts in us the ability to forget. And the reason we want to forget it, forgetfulness is a really good thing. So we forget the, the pains in our lives because if we were remembered every time you fell down and you were learning how to walk, you'd never walk. You'd be afraid of everything. If you, if you remembered every time you were embarrassed, you, you'd stay in your house. You'd never want to have any interaction with people. So God may, allows us to forget negative experiences in order that we will have a greater ability to be happier today. Sometimes what happens is that when you're involved in not a pleasant, such a pleasant time, rather than forget when we forget, we start forgetting the negative experiences of the past and only the good is left. And then we start romanticizing about the good, assuming that if we were there now, we'd be reliving only good. So it really is a function of teaching her that, you know, your reward is not in the past. Reward is in the present. The most important day of our life is right now. The most important commandment we can fill is right now. The most important, right? And that it's wonderful to remember good things in the past. But you have to remember that it is in the past. And however good it was in the past, it can be even better in the future. Because that's the whole thing. The reason she's divorced is because the guy in the overall sense of, in the overall, in the overall scheme of things, probably he wasn't a bargain. but. Here now that she would think about the good parts of him, she has to look forward that, yeah, there's someone even better for her in the future. And that's why the, the idea of hope is something that is so powerful, which is, that's our story of Nakdemon. He was hoping and hoping and hoping that God would come through for him. So she's got to take that, the ability to forget the past. Thank God that she doesn't remember the crummy things that happened in her past and know that whatever good she had can be even better in the future. It's beautiful. Okay. All right. The second question, um, it says, what is fear and how do you fight it and overcome it? Ah, fear is a positive uh, emotion that the Almighty gave us to protect ourselves and to inspire us to do the right thing when we don't want to do the right thing. That's why we say that it, you're Shemayim, right? 
the beginning of all wisdom is fear of God. A fear is on, taken on many levels. One fear is, is, is fear of doing the wrong thing uh, and, and, and looking forward to, to the reward for doing the right thing. That is a very healthy fear. I mean, fear is not just being afraid of doing the wrong thing. It's afraid of missing out on the blessing from doing the right thing too. It's like, it, it's a positive. It's knowing reward and punishment. So you want to use fear in, in a positive way by focusing on the positive. Boy, you know, if I, if I, I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing in order that I get reward and I get blessings. So we don't want to live in a situation where fear is paralyzing us. That's not a good kind of fear. We want to live on the level of fear that of anticipation that when I do what's right, God will send me blessings. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Life is Great podcast. Send you send in your uh, your questions. Dane, I'll read them on the air. And uh, and uh, remember, life is great. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.